Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Empowering Voices. Today we have a super special guest, Natasha. Welcome with us. We are very happy to have you. And as you know, we always have a, a conversation starter and nothing more appropriate than what we have today. As you know, I unembroider uh, words and quotes on t-shirts. Today we have the unapologetically me. Um, and for those of you who are just listening, uh, you can go, of course, on my website uh, and check the pieces. So welcome, Natasha. Let's start knowing you a bit better and um, exactly from these words, unapologetically me, why? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Mara. Um, I'm Natasha Matani. I'm an accredited divorce coach based in Northwest London. Um, and I work with women who are pre-divorce, going through divorce or breakup, um, and even those who have been divorced for a while but still need to heal from it. Um, and I've also run global workshops on rewiring our limiting beliefs, um, parenting through the pandemic, and manifestation. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about me and why these words actually are really true to who I am. Um, so I was born in Liberia, West Africa, to Indian parents. And I've lived in Monrovia, London, Lagos, Mumbai, Dublin, Hong Kong. And oh I thought I was an expert. I've lived yeah. in several countries, but you beat me, definitely. Yeah, so I'm a total um, third culture kid. But because of all of that, with my diverse upbringing, um, I truly believe that I understand the cultural nuances within relationships and more specifically, the limiting narratives and belief, um, beliefs that come with divorce across many cultures. Um, and so now I help women globally to increase their sense of self-worth, show up for themselves, um, identify their, and rewire their limiting beliefs and thrive in all relationships. Um, so the words unapologetically me, as I said, these words ring really true to who I believe I am now. So growing up as a girl in the South Asian community um, meant that I had some seriously high expectations placed on me. So not even necessarily by my immediate family, but by society at large. Yeah. Um, you know, within South Asian culture, especially as a girl and as the eldest in the family, I have a younger brother, um, I was expected to behave a certain way and conduct myself in a certain manner. Um, and I fully bought into that. I mean, I was the good girl, the oh. responsible one, yeah. the one who did the right thing. And I don't, I look back now and I, I, I don't believe that was a good thing. It turned me into a complete people pleaser. Yeah. Um, and Someone it, you didn't, you you were not, basically. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, I was that. So I can't say that I wasn't, um, you know, fully, like I wasn't faking my way through life, but there was definitely times that I know that internally I wanted to say something else or I, I, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable in certain things, but I didn't feel like I could say it. Um, and being that people pleaser then influenced, you know, decisions I made in my 20s. Of course. Um, but after my divorce, so I separated just before my 30th birthday, because I just thought, you know, I'm about to turn 30. And, you know, I need to know what's happening either way. Um, and after my divorce, I started to unravel and unpick all those expectations that I felt were placed on me. And then I truly stepped into being unapologetically me. Um, I believe that I always had a voice, I just didn't use it. And so yeah. now, 
It's not so much that I found my voice, but I am unapologetically using my voice for myself and for other women and, you know, other women in the South Asian community. Yeah. And especially because you've been through it, uh, you know exactly what it feels and it's uh, um, easier for you uh, to help and for your customers to be helped, basically. Yes, definitely. And I think that you're, you're right. Like when it's, it's one thing to say, like, I can help you through this, but when you've been in that kind of dark space to then sit with someone who's in that space and shine a light or kind of give them the hope or the light at the end of the tunnel um, can be quite powerful because I've experienced it. So in terms of like being very honest, though, this runs through my business as well. So I'm very honest in all my encounters and I've actually turned business away you know if during a discovery call I don't think we're a good fit um and I'm definitely not afraid now I'm not the people pleaser anymore I'm not afraid now um to say no yeah to decline when people ask me you know a discount or just like I I can't you know I'll try and find a way to make it work for them maybe group coaching or something else but um yeah stepping into you know who I am and being honest has been something that and that is excellent because it's such a a delicate matter uh, so intimate Mm -hmm. I always see the coach like even more than a doctor really I mean you have to trust the coach 100% because you cannot uh, be just there passively listening Mm -hmm. you have to act and you have to trust the person that is guiding you definitely yeah and yeah make sure that and as a coach you have to make sure that you're you know asking the right questions but I also will say that as a coach you don't like you're guiding the person asking them questions they're coming to their own realizations because sometimes you literally can't see what's in front of you I mean as a coach I have a coach because sometimes of course course. (laughs) it makes sense yeah yeah, no, totally. And that is very good. And uh, as a, uh, I mean, if I were your customer, I would uh, feel even better knowing that you uh, have a coach. But just because we all have to put under a discussion, after a, uh, under a lens, what we mm-hmm. do, what we think, if we want to help others, definitely. Yeah. And do you see a recurrent pattern um, in your customers? Yeah, definitely. Especially for women, the one big thing that comes up over and over is that kind of self-confidence, you know? And I mean, I see it with women who are going through divorce. Of course, the first thing that kind of comes out of it is like, oh, what was wrong with me? How could I have done things differently? How could I have changed things? But then equally, you know, women who are dating, for example, they go on a first date, you know, it doesn't go, it doesn't go well or whatever. And the first thing is, was it, was it my hair? Was it the way I spoke? What did I say? Why didn't he like me? Yeah, we start doubting ourselves straight away without never thinking that probably we don't have any fault. Yeah, maybe it's not me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also in relationships, it's always at least between one and another person. So why not the other person? Exactly. Why not the other person? But I see that come up so much with women. And again, not just within the divorce space, but there's women I've worked with who are, you know, top of their game, you know, heads or directors of HR marketing or whatever, global directors. And even even for them, the self-esteem, self-confidence piece comes into it. Yeah, of course. We become suddenly 
weak, uh, but it's, uh, in my opinion, is a consequence of fear, fear of not being accepted, not being loved, and it's even more powerful than uh, in the professional life, because the professional life is easier to close a chapter and, and open a new one, but when you are involved emotionally, it's uh, more difficult, and if you are feeling it, you don't see it. Yeah. That's why then you need the coach to guide you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if you're not in the space where you can have a coach or afford a coach, then journaling is a really, really important mm -hmm. tool that women can use. So, I mean, on my Instagram, I share some ways that I journal, but I'll just share one or two with you. You know, it could be that you kind of know like you know what you want to you know what's going on you just need to put it down and so you might write something that's happening at the top and then literally do a complete brain dump where you're not even stopping pausing to think about what you need to write you're yeah. just you're just writing and then you can look for patterns in that and the other one is if you feel there's too many thoughts going around then it's to put a word or something in the middle and then draw lines going out and just write every thought that's coming you know yeah. But the, yeah but the trick is not to think too much not to think too much yeah because I kind of think of it as a roundabout so say it's a roundabout and you have you're going through your thoughts if you think about it only in your head it's like you're going around the roundabout you're seeing the different exits <laughs> you're not pausing to see which exit is yours because you can't you're just going around but when you journal and you put it all down essentially what you're doing is you're going around stopping is this the exit what's going on here going to the next one is it this what what's you know what's written there and so it allows you to see yeah the pattern or what's happening a lot more clearly than if you just keep it all up in your head and think about it yeah and you see exactly where the problem is yeah. I mean, uh, suddenly it's so clear but uh yeah it takes time not uh, journaling is obviously a very powerful tool mm. but yeah. still to have a guidance uh it's invaluable uh it's priceless yeah. and I, I always think that um as women, uh, normally, if we don't work or we don't earn enough, the money can be a big um, problem for us to take decisions in. Uh, I mean, I'm not divorced and <laughs> not planning to, but yeah. I, I feel that uh, the mindset would change completely. I mean, if I am completely independent, I can face a divorce in a completely different way. Is that true? Yes. Oh my gosh. You totally hit the nail on the head with something I feel quite passionate about. And that is women's financial independence, even if they're not divorced, because the number of women that aren't getting divorced because they can't stand yeah. on their two feet, you know, independently um, is staggering. You know, I, I speak to many women and I mean, some of them do get there, you know, they find ways and then they eventually leave because the, you know, that feeling of staying is, you know, outweighs the fear of leaving. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But for a lot of women, they, they don't because of that. And I always say to women, I'm like, it's really important that you're able to, and I'm not saying, you know, go out there and work or, you know, like don't depend on your husband or whatever, because at the end of the day, I'm sure there's been yeah. a conversation where, okay, I'm going to work. I want you, you know, you're going to take care of the kids because you want to be there for them in a way that maybe you can't if you're working out of the house full time. Of course. But I do think that, you know, there's so many little ways, even at home, even whether it's dabbling in a bit of like 
cryptocurrency, putting money into an ISA, like just little things. And the, the amazing thing about, um, you know, the internet now is that there is so much out there for free, you know, like one of my favorite um, Instagram accounts is Girls That Invest. And mm -hmm. they are girls in their 20s based in New Zealand, and they share so much information and they host webinars. And so, you know, just even if you pick one webinar, like every couple of weeks, and you just learn something new, and you take a little bit of extra money and put it into something, it's that feeling that were anything to happen, I can do this. I don't need to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but to feel that freedom of yeah. choice, because, uh, yeah, I mean, normally you don't have a choice. What do you do? Do you go begging? And if you have children, of course, the situation becomes uh, even worse. Yeah. Um, but even if you exactly you don't use it, but to have that mental freedom changes your approach and probably even your answers to a difficult situation with your husband. Yeah. It, it can be even beneficial because you are more assertive, you set boundaries, you basically, you can save yourself from a, a worse situation. Why not? Yes. Yes, definitely. And I think another thing that some women should consider, even if you're in a loving marriage and you've um, spoken to your partner and made the decision to be a stay-at-home parent, is that you have some sort of savings of your own. So in the same way that you would go out to work, you'd work, maybe you have a joint account, you'd pay your bills and stuff, and then you might save a little bit, right? But when you're yeah. a um, you know, a stay-at-home parent, typically you get sort of like, okay, here's a joint account, whatever you need to spend out of it, going to, the, you know, shopping, groceries, the kids, whatever, you spend out of it, but you don't tend to save that bit for yourself. Of course. There's just an assumption that your partner is saving for the both of you. Yeah. And then what happens, you know, when there is, there is a breakup or something. So I think even sometimes that little tweak just being like okay this is what our household income is like our household's expenditure but I'm just going to put this aside for myself as well yeah yeah and no, nest egg yeah of course of course it makes the whole difference and it's nice that uh, as you said that there are um, ways to do it without um, investing at risk uh, yeah. I mean that money because Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, we say money is not important. Money is important. Money is uh, what allows us to have a life that we want. So we cannot um, think uh, without uh, considering um, this independence, uh, financial uh, independence for uh, women. And uh, you were talking also of um, uh, limiting beliefs. Um, and I think, again, uh, although I don't like normally to do a difference of women, men, but there is a difference. I mean, let's uh, be honest. Yeah. And women have more limiting beliefs than men or stronger ones. Well, I, well, actually, I'll just say I'm not sure that women have more limiting beliefs. I just think that women end up vocalizing their limiting beliefs no. okay. a bit more. I think mm -hmm. men... I think men do have a lot of limiting beliefs, but actually in the way society is set up as well. And that's why, you know, I always say to people, I'm not, although I'm trying to empower women and work with women, I'm not against men. Like my Yeah, of course. Men. Um, I'm, I'm all for working with men as well. But I just think that 
um, society is set up in a certain way sometimes for men to not be vulnerable and actually not yeah. to share how they're feeling. And I think sometimes they have the same limiting beliefs, but maybe they feel that, you know, they can't share it in the same way. Or they are too weak if they do. Yeah, or they're too weak if they do. And that also, you can see that in just the sheer number of women who will have a coach or have a therapist and, and you know, the number of men who will. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, in fact, we talk about uh, a, a lot about empowering women like uh, we need it, but most of the time on the other side that they need it as well. It's just they don't ask for it. Yeah, it's even yeah. more difficult to ask for help for them. Yeah. It is. And, and and sometimes I think if they only realize that, I mean, it's, it's all confidential. And if they only realize that actually, you know, d- wanting to have a stronger relationship or a stronger marriage or whatever comes when both parties come together to say, actually, it's not just one person trying to make it work. It's both. And so yeah. men can, it's like, I guess the approach for men is like, don't, don't just do it for you, do it for your partner, do it for your family. You show up as a better version of yourself when you've dealt with your own sort of traumas, limiting yeah. beliefs and the things that are holding you back. Of course, of course. And um, well, you are based in London, you said, of course, um, I suppose you work everywhere in the world, thanks to the technology mm-hmm. and thanks to your upbringing. I'm sure that you know people all over the world uh, independently from your profession. Yes, yes, I'm quite lucky in that way. But I have, yeah, I have clients from Hong Kong all the way across to California. Um, so I'm always kind of <laughs> struggling with the time zone. And- yeah, I remember I had a huge uh, <laughs> problem to try and fit in uh, with someone in Australia. Um, oh, but we made it. I mean, I had to uh, wake up, I don't know, at four in the morning, something like that. But we did it. <laughs> but it's super funny. Yeah, yeah. One of one of my clients, It's we do it on a Sunday night, my time, because... Oh, wow. Now she works six days a week so Sunday's the only day and we're eight hours ahead of her so oh wow <laughs> make it work definitely and um I really like always ask my uh, guests if uh, there is a word or a quote that uh, you feel is like a bit of the support of your why of your mission yes yeah definitely so I have I have two so one is just the belief that you are way stronger than you think Mm. so whatever it is you know that you're experiencing or you're going through we doubt ourselves so much I think back to phrases I used to say whether it was about you know how I was feeling or my ex-husband and you know it was always one where I felt a little bit like a victim Mm -hmm. Um, but knowing that I'm you know stronger than I think I am is is one but my all-time favorite which I'm sort of known for everyone who knows me knows I ask this question and that is what's the best that can happen so lovely what's the best that can happen is my go-to question for almost everything because even if you don't quite believe that those things are going to happen it's a complete shift in your energy a complete shift in your perspective um and just focusing your mind to the positive rather than the negative so you can still be nervous you can still be of course that's you we are all human we're human that's the human experience we cannot take away from the human experience but in that moment so just as an example I went to an in-person networking um, event with all these women on my own and typically in the past I would have taken you know a friend with me (laughs) Um, I went on my own I was 
terrified. But as I got out of the tube station in Oxford Circus and I was walking down, I'm like, what's the best that can happen? And I rattled off like six different things that, you know, could potentially come out of it. And it just changed the way I, my shoulders went back. It changed. Of course. I walked in there, just changed <laughs> the way I showed up. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, what's the best that can happen? Yeah, actually, because I normally, um, of course, when there's a decision to take, uh, you, I always suggest uh, consider both scenarios, not the best and the worst, because automatically our brain, of course, wants to um, protect ourselves. So the first thing uh, the brain thinks is the negative, only the negative, and makes it bigger. But also, if you compare the two, always the positive wins but you didn't see it at all because automatically exactly the the brain thought of the negatives and Mm. uh, for example in your example your experience could have been completely different imagine being there with a friend and chatting with a friend all the time you wouldn't have met people um business collaborations um, everything new adventures for example Yeah. yeah Exactly. It allows you to step out of your comfort zone. Yes. Like, yeah. Can, and the yeah. best is outside <laughs> that. <laughs> always. <laughs> I always uh, imagine like this, uh, you know, a fence and you cannot see on the other side. And on this side is your comfort zone, of course. And on the other side, it can be anything. It's not always super positive. We cannot uh, avoid to have uh, bad experiences. But most of the time, there's a learning, at least, yes. if not the best of the adventures. Yes, yes. And, and you, it's not that you don't ever think of what's the negative, because you can say, what's the best that can happen this? And then, okay, and then if that doesn't happen, then what? Yeah. You're like, oh, then I just come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where's the point? I try something else. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks a lot, Natasha, for being oh, with well. us. It was a real pleasure. And uh, I just want to remind everyone that uh, uh, Natasha's contacts are in the post, in the bio, uh, on my website or YouTube. Uh, Anyway, uh, you'll find all the information uh, available. Thanks again. And uh, I leave you now. Bye. Bye.